Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Put some respect on my name. First and foremost, my numbers are better than 15, 16 or so guys that are Currently in the hall. There's the handoff. Taylor looking for some cutback. He finds some room. Look at Fred go. He's across the 30. Look at him run. Fred's going. He's at the 50. The 40. Y'all, y'all, y'all finished or y'all done? 20, 10, 5, touchdown. 80 yards. Fred Taylor. I'm talking modern day guys at my position. When my name come up, respect. Stop playing with my name. I ain't go right on it. Y'all saying my name put some respect on You look at the guys that are in the Hall of Fame from a defensive standpoint. Ray Lewis, Derrick Brooks. Look at all these other guys they're trying to put in the Hall of Fame. Gerard on the get. Here's Taylor. Put some respect on Busting hey. through. Fred Taylor making a cut. Taylor is gone. Touchdown, Jacksonville. These the same dudes that I murk every Sunday. When my name come up, respect it. I plan with my name. I ain't gonna write on it. But he knows he doesn't have a big play team in Jacksonville, does. Draw play. Taylor skips two tackles. All right, and here we go. Bye-bye. Brock Marion chasing. Brock Marion still chasing. Gets help from Smith. Touchdown. No flags. Y'all, y'all, y'all finished or y'all done? 1010XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Jeff Lagerman, and Hold my pocket. Dylan Denmark. All right, good morning, everybody. It is the final Check the Tape Tuesday of officially the 2023 NFL season, even though we're into 2024. Jeff Lagerman is here. Good morning, Logs. Good morning. You know, in all the... Uh, post-season wrap-up, or I mean post-regular season, right? Mm-hmm. No, we didn't wrap up the post-season. Um, we didn't really ask you about Freddie T last week. So, uh, <laughs> since Dylan played that intro, just your thoughts on Fred making it in as a finalist for the first time for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm uh, very proud of him. Uh, he's uh, a very deserving candidate, and I think if, if there was a first opportunity when you get to the final 15 to get in, I mean, it's a great opportunity. There's no other running backs, right? And, uh, so I think that helps Fred's op- opportunity there. But uh, I'm a big Fred fan. I mean, for so many different reasons. Fred, the man, first and foremost. I mean, that's the the part that I that really impresses me because I remember when Fred came in and he was, you know, he's an immature young guy that was just finding his way, and and to see what he's become through the years has been so impressive in so many different ways, you know. So. I have I would put Fred in the Hall of Fame of, of dudes before I'd put him in the Hall of Fame of pro football. Just yeah. because he's such a great guy. I deserves a spot in both. Good morning, Tony Smith. How Good morning. Are you? Doing well. Did you enjoy the uh, football yesterday? It was it was kind of what a blowout city, you know. I mean, yeah. I guess Pittsburgh and Buffalo is semi competitive. Pretty typical wild card weekend in the NFL this year. Yeah. Right? Like last year it felt like everything was close and that wasn't what usually happens in the wild card weekend in the NFL, but this year you got uh, what we've gotten used to, which is a bunch of blowouts. What uh, the hell happened with Green Bay, Dallas? I mean, whew. come on, Cowboys, that was terrible. Yeah, I, I terrible. I mean, look, it's 
kind of been their DNA, right? They've won 12, three years in a row. They don't go anywhere in the playoffs. And I do think that that kind of is in their head going into that game, you know. And then when Dak throws that, that pick six to Darnell Savage, he even said it was basically over, which was ironic because I think that made it 27 to nothing, which, as we all know, doesn't mean a playoff game back. is over. The difference is the Jags' defense actually then showed up to play the second half of that playoff yeah. game last yeah, year. I, yeah, I don't. Uh, Dallas's defense never bothered. Bad, bad look for two people that uh, whose jobs are probably on the line, and that's Dan Quinn and Mike McCarthy. Yeah, not a good look. Well, I mean, it, especially with the Quinn aspect of it, right? That he has been seen as maybe the kind of the coach in waiting unofficially in Dallas, if. Jerry were to move on from Mike McCarthy. If well, he, if he was, he's not anymore. My man just gave up forty-eight <laughs> <laughs> at home, and and that's the thing—they dominate at home. All, all that matters is what you do in the postseason. It really yeah, is. Yeah, it's, it's what it's about, you know. And and for that very reason, for example, Pittsburgh. Okay, losing their best defensive player, it's obvious that they don't have a franchise quarterback. But for Mike Tomlin to take them. As far as they mm-hmm. did, it just, I mean, to me, it just says, it screams how good of a coach that Mike Tomlin is. And so when you got a coach like that, you, 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 you got to get him the right personnel so that he can win. And I, I think that was a tremendous job. One of the best coaching jobs in the National Football League this year was what Mike Tomlin was able to do with that Pittsburgh team. They fought and battled the entire game. Thinking about uh, for tomorrow, actually, I was thinking about this on the drive-in. Obviously, on Check the Tape Tuesday, we just put out there, we asked folks to submit their Jaguar questions. But Belichick's not officially in the NFL right now, right? He's unemployed. Who's the best coach in the National Football League? Save that thought. You you can think about that if you want. It may be Tomlin. It may be John Harbaugh. maybe any number of guys, you know. Um, but uh, I think that may be uh, something we broach as the week goes on yeah. a little bit, uh, it's where a great things question. stand. And there, there's some very worthy candidates. I mean, I mean, my, my top three just off the top of my head are, are Harbaugh, Andy Reid, and Mike Tomlin. Um, I would put probably Kyle Shanahan close to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, those probably three needs guys to win are, the big prize, right, to be on that level. Because like, yeah. he, he, he got him as an assistant uh, coordinator in position uh, and then just – yeah, you know, just went all Shanahan on it. I'm I gonna, also, I'm gonna run my philosophy. Here. I'm also gonna throw McVeigh in there because I, I think McVeigh had a huge bounce back year, big time. I mean, they won really, what five time. games last year, right? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. last year he was considering retiring and leaving football, and then all of a sudden he's gotten revitalized. And <clears throat> look, I think he's going back to his roots, which, which is you know, you got to be a coach because you love coaching. You can't be a coach because you just love winning. Doesn't work that way. You, know, you got to love. You got to love the grind. You got to love everything that comes about with being a coach. And I think Sean McVay lost his way a little bit last year and loved winning more than he did coaching. And I think he kind of found his way back to loving coaching. May have. Yeah. Fortunately for him, he's still young enough that he can uh, adjust. Oh uh, yeah. Still yeah. Uh, the second youngest coach now. In Which the, is amazing. The National that he's Football League. One of the one of the youngest coaches in the National Football League, and he's already won a Super Bowl. Right. And Matt Stafford been looks to two. like he's not slowing down. Yeah, not been to two, and here, here he does. He's going to have another opportunity next year with a, a, a better football team. I mean, what, they were, what they've been able to do from a personnel standpoint without high picks is tremendous. Mm-hmm. I mean, year in and year out to be able to assemble a competitive team that's had major salary cap problems. I mean, uh, got to give some credit where credit is due. Yeah, yeah. and I think LaFleur at least deserves – 
some attention. Absolutely. Right? His first three years there in Green Bay, they won 13 games yeah. each of those years. They had the one year where the last week of the season they lose to Detroit. It's the only reason they missed the playoffs that year. This year they go to Dallas, as we were just talking about how impressive that was, that they did that to that Dallas team at home. That's LaFleur. Yeah. Gets his team back in the playoffs with Bryce Love this time around, and he's made it work. What I, what I like about him is that he's just – he's. I don't want to say he's unemotional, but he's real steady, and he never he never lets the emotions get the better of him a lot of times when he's in front of a camera, which he's had plenty of opportunities to lose some patience and and get a little bit angry with some of the questions that he's had over the last couple of years because, I mean, look, the transition – from Aaron Rodgers and dealing with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, now you look at Aaron Rodgers and you kind of see some of the drama that always kind of seems to follow him. Now you kind of realize, look, he did a really good job of managing that situation with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Yeah, I don't know if the drama follows him as much as he is the drama, you know. Exactly. <laughs> but whatever, it's exactly. the same end result. It's a carry-on. Yeah, yeah. So Detroit beats the Rams. Somebody asked me yesterday, do I think Detroit could win the Super Bowl? I think Detroit could win or lose any round from this point forward. Like, I really do. Like, I could see the Bucks; They're just hot. I could see them beating Detroit. I could easily see Detroit win that game and going on to the Super Bowl and winning the whole thing. I think they've got that kind of roster, but I don't feel like – I don't think the Bucks can win the Super Bowl. I do think they could beat Detroit. I don't think they can win three more times. I think Detroit's defense has got to take a step up for them to be able to be Super Bowl worthy. I, I, I Look, if – because Jared the run Goff, defense is pretty solid. Yeah, Jared Goff can can if he gets hot, he's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, really good. And they he, got weapons. They got weapons. You got two really good backs, and and Gibbs is fantastic. I, I think I told you guys back at the draft time I might have taken him over the guy that ended up getting drafted by the Falcons just yeah, because Bijan. I thought the way that he played the game today and the way the game is today, I, I thought he was a tremendous asset. But that defense and Aaron Glenn, they've got to dial in a little bit better. Uh, but if they do. Uh, look, they're Super Bowl. They're, they're possible Super Bowl candidate. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, look, both of their coordinators probably going to get some love for head coaching opportunities. Aaron Glenn, I think, was just voted like the most amongst players, the most popular assistant coach in the National Football League. Like, they, I don't know exactly how they framed it. Maybe the assistant coach you most enjoy playing for, something like yeah. that. So uh, he's beloved. Aaron and, was a first round pick, like one of my last years in yeah. New York, and and had the opportunity to play with him. Then he obviously came to Jacksonville. I think for a short bit after I was already done playing, but got to get to know him a little bit better um, as a broadcaster. And he was still a player. A lot of respect for him. And when we were up uh, in Detroit with the inner practices with the Detroit Lions, got to talk with him a little bit more, and also talk with Mark Brunell about him. And and they love him. I mean, the players love him. And super guy, Aaron's a super guy. I mean, kind of along the lines of Fred Taylor. I mean, just a super guy that uh, you watch them kind of mature in front of their eyes. Although Aaron, when he came in the league, was a little bit more mature than Fred. But uh, but love Aaron, and I'm happy for him. And I'm kind of rooting for the Detroit Lions a little bit, you know, because Brunell's a coach there. Mm-hmm. Aaron Glenn's a coach there, you yeah. know. Big fan of Dan Campbell. Um, you know, want to kind of see them do well, especially for – you know, like the city of Detroit. You know, it's it, kind of like the Jaguar fans. They suffered a long time. Here's the one thing I, I, I didn't like. And do what you want, your fans. The merciless booing of Matt Stafford. Like, he did so, – <laughs> like, he carried your franchise for the entire time he was there, played hurt all the time, put up ridiculous numbers for you. And so, he, it finally comes to a point where he's like, you know, I think we need to – 
go our separate ways, and he has success somewhere oh, else. Oh, they like, still love their Mike. Uh, they still love him. Didn't sound like it. During the game, though, you can't love them. Ah, boy, I tell you, just right at the beginning, I just thought that was uh, a little over the top. Uh, like, a little respect. Like, I don't expect you to be rooting for him when he makes a play during the game. I don't know. I just thought it was a little bit uh, I was, strong. I was talking, or not, I was listening to Lomas Brown in one of the pregame radio shows, and Lomas is the color analyst for the Detroit Lions radio broadcast, long time left tackle for the Detroit Lions, played against Lomas many games, and heck of a football player, heck of a great guy. And he was talking and was asked the question, you know, what would the reception be like for Matt Stafford? And he said, you know, he said when he first probably gets out on, onto the field for warm-ups, he said it will probably be a lot of love, and they may cheer him. He goes, but once the game starts, he's the enemy. And oh, it, I get that. You know, and that, that's kind of the way it's, it's fun when it's like that, I think. All right, uh, so – uh, here's the guy that I think we should all root for to get a head of coaching job. Bobby Slowick needs a job, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't need him back in Houston, do we? I, I, I'm all for it. Right? Exactly. I let's mean, get let's break up that brain trust. I made with the, the Houston Texans. Um, I was on Sirius XM Satellite Radio with Pat Kerwin and uh, and Jim. Uh, what's Jim's name? Last name? Play quarterback. Quarterback. In yeah, he, in football league. Yeah. Anyway, and they were asking me what I thought because you know the Jaguars had played Houston, they played Kansas City, they played Baltimore, and so they asked me what I thought about. It. I said, "Look, uh, look, I think Baltimore is the team to beat just because they're a good football team with Lamar as a normal quarterback. But then when Lamar does Lamar things, they become really special. And Kansas City's got the experience with Patrick Mahomes. That I said, you know, I said, do not sleep." On, on the Houston Texans because C.J. Stroud is an unbelievable talent. And what they've been able to do with a rookie coach, a you know, first-year offense, and a lot of young wide receivers has been amazing, absolutely amazing. And I, I said to them, I said, in that game, I said, and I was looking forward to being able to talk about this if it was Jaguars that were playing Cleveland, but obviously it didn't work out that way. Flacco's going to throw you two. And he, and if you do you catch him or do you not? And she, what did he end up throwing? How many picks? Two, two. Yeah. And the Houston Texans were able to catch it, and one of them they took for a pick six, right? Um, yeah. And the other one wasn't a pick six, but it set up a score right. early in the ball game. And so Joe did exactly what Joe does, and uh, and that's why Houston won the game. On top of how good C.J. Stroud is, can you imagine them if they had Tank Dell? right now as an offense and how many teams will be sitting there going oh my god how do we cover it how do we cover those two guys the way he's playing right now and Ooh. you know they're going to be what the jags were this all past off season they're going to be the heavy favorites around the national football they league should be the, the darling of the division and should all be. that so uh bobby slow it go on that and that is the one drawback today if you have a defensive oriented head coach is yeah. that you know the if he gets that quarterback and that offense rolling uh, that offense coordinator is going to get a head job somewhere. And, you know, at least in the case, like, when you've got that offensive guy, you, it's his system, and you hopefully have a guy who's executing it. And, and for that very reason, Mike, is is why John Harbaugh is my favorite coach in the special National teams Football guy. League because he's a special yeah. teams guy. And that really is the model organization with a model head coach because they've been able to win consistently 
losing not only offensive coordinators but losing defensive coordinators as well. And I think that's a, a, a strong statement of how good of a coach that John Harbaugh is. All right, well, uh, we may go through some defensive coordinator candidates with Jeff Lagerman this morning, uh, but uh, coming up next, we open the phone lines to you right here at 641-1010 if you want to get in on the All-Pro Roofing phone line if you've got a question or a comment about Jaguar football, and uh, we'll let Jeff address that, and we'll do that on our final Check the Tape Tuesday of the season. Hit us up on social media, at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL Fat Tony, at Logs 56, and at 1010XL Denmark. Hold my pocket. Good morning, Young Pockets. Good morning. It is wet outside. It is that, man. Uh, there was no doubt I would not be going to the driving range when I got up and looked out the window uh, today. Uh, pretty sure that that's a swamp uh, everywhere around northeast Florida, but uh, we saw it coming. Uh, that's what the old, hey, the weather forecasters had one right. Good for them. All right. Uh, what else today? Uh, hit us up in the YouTube chat. Uh, 641-1010 also works on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosure. So, uh, let us know your thoughts and concerns and questions about the Jags, and we'll discuss them with Jeff Logman over the course of the next hour and 45 minutes. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Jeff Lagerman Tuesday on Jaguars Today is brought to you by He's Mr. So Sparky of the First Coast, your on-time electrician on 1010XL. All right, Jaguars today on the final check to tape Tuesday of the season. Uh, reporting indicates that Wink Martindale, the now former Giants defensive coordinator, is scheduled to be in town today and tomorrow for a multi-day visit with the Jags. Um, logs. We'll get into more candidates, but since he is supposedly going to be in town uh, today, he's been a defense coordinator for seven years, but with three different teams, which – can be good, can be bad. You know, he's had a lot of experience, been a lot of places, but also does he wear out his welcome quickly, right? He's a he's a headstrong guy, as we saw the way the season ended. Um, how do you feel about him and the you know the aggressive blitzing system that he runs, and what kind of fit he would be here? Well, I like his style and that it's aggressive, and he's uh, been beloved by his players everywhere he's been. Uh, has he worn his welcome out a little bit? Maybe. Um, I don't really know the some of the details of that, but um, I think this time he was just upset because Dable made changes to his what he felt was his defensive staff, mm -hmm. you know, and he wanted to say over that. So yeah, and I get that. I mean, if you're a, a defensive coordinator and the head coach is an offensive-minded guy, stay out of my business. You know, let me have guys that I trust and that can help make my system better. I totally understand that kind of attitude in that situation. I think he'd be a good fit. Now, the question is, Is does his scheme fit the personnel? And I think that's always a question that you have to ask because this defense, as we know, for the last two years kind of learned the hard way a little bit that they had to play more zone. Right. Is that what, what – If you blitz, you better be prepared to go one-on-one. -on -one yeah, I mean, so, you know, so is that the right fit here? You know, I, I think the best coaches are always ones that are willing to conform the system to fit the personnel that you have. And so if uh, that's one of the strong suits that he has, great. Would he back off a little bit on the aggressiveness if he has a defense that maybe can't play as much, man? Okay. I just – like, I love a good football coach that can be adaptive. And, uh, and, I, and I believe that he can be. And I like the aggressive nature of that style of defense. I've liked watching it in the past. There's no doubt. All right. Uh, well, that's just one. We'll go through some other candidates later, but we want to pay you off if you are 
uh, taking the time to call in with a question or a comment for Jeff Logman here on Check the Tape Tuesday on Jaguars today. So let's uh, start things off at 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines with Ian in St. Augustine. Ian, good morning. Good morning, y'all. So I got an observation and then a question for y'all. Okay. Uh, first off, I think the reason that fans are so hating bulky right now, and it's fair, is that we're watching teams like the Texans and the Lions build out their rosters through the draft, and we just continuously fall flat in our face in that department. Um, and we know Shad Khan kept Caldwell around for way too long, and it feels like we're going down that same road. And then for my question, um, when Mike Caldwell got fired, the key term in all that was miscommunications. And I think he should have been fired. But why is it when we look to the other side of the ball, we saw from game one that there was miscommunications all over the offense. And it seems like Press Taylor is not receiving any blame for that. Take your questions off the air. All right. Well, when you say he's not receiving any blame for that, I think you're suggesting maybe from Doug Peterson because we talked for a week and a half that if they would have blown – like if it were me, I would have put more blame on the offense and the defense this year. Um, as Tony has said, if they'd blown out both coordinators and the entire staff, it wouldn't have surprised him, wouldn't have upset him. But Logs, how, how do you – the second part of that first is Press Taylor um, – escaping accountability for any shortcomings this year in your no, opinion? No, I, I don't think he is at all. I, th I think there's accountability within the building. I, I think there may not be maybe perceived accountability from the outside. Uh, but you got to remember, Doug is kind of – this is his guy. You know, this is the guy that he trusts. This is his offense that he has kind of entrusted him with. And so – a lot of the decision-making with the offense does lie with Doug, even though Press is the named offensive coordinator. So, you know, in a way, you'd have to kind of maybe fire yourself because it's your responsibility because that's the side of the ball that you have your expertise on, and that's the side of the ball that you touch. So, uh, so But I think that Doug is holding himself accountable and his offensive coordinator accountable, and they've made some changes to the offensive staff, you know, whether you agree with them or not. Uh, I think the change is always going to happen whether you change coaches or not. Uh, the defensive side of the ball, the fact of the matter is is that if you look at the Jaguars statistically over the, uh, the epic failure collapse of the end of the season, you had essentially the worst defense in the National Football League for that period of time. You know, During the four-game losing streak, statistically, they were the worst, period. Uh, yards allowed – Points, they were like second worst, third down percentage. And I'm talking by a wide margin. I mean, not even close the worst. So uh, I think, you know, and, and offensively you had injuries, you were missing guys, but were you statistically the worst? No. You know, so, look, I can see all sides of it. Uh, but at the end of the day, when your head coach is an offensive-minded guy and that's his guy, I think he owns a lot of that responsibility and wants to fix that side of the ball and believes that it can be fixed. And I think defensively, um, I think it was one of those situations to where, look, when you have some of the mental breakdowns and then statistically you have a collapse at the end of the season, that's sometimes hard to deal with. Fans uh, have held on to press taking over play calling duties as Doug announced early in the season this year, the whole season, right? Like that, that's been the thing they've held on to. This is why the offense is failing. I didn't agree at the beginning. I don't agree now that that's the reason that the offense is failing. But do you think – that Doug takes back play calling duties at any point, and how much do you think that matters? 
Well, I, I think he always has the ability to influence play calling, and he should because he's the head coach and he's the offensive-minded head coach. Uh, does he need to take back play calling? No. And look, I think a first-year offensive coordinator always goes through a little bit of an adjustment, and what is perceived or, or maybe what is reality can be two different things a lot of times. So, uh, look, I expect Press Taylor to be a better coach. I like Press Taylor. I think he's got some some great play designs. Uh, I thought that this year there was a – I don't want to say a step back, but maybe in reality it was a step back from, from the previous year, especially the – the last nine weeks of last year compared to this year as a whole, mm-hmm. you would say that, yeah, probably a little bit of a step back. But uh, but I'm excited about the future on offense. But, you know, watching some of these playoff teams right now, they, they've got to get better on offense. They've got to get better in a couple different ways. They've got to get better in that they've got to get more physical. And they also need to get better from a personnel standpoint. And they need to find some type of guy that can fly. I mean, right now this offense doesn't really have a vertical threat that's consistent. And if you're going to be good and threaten the entire space of a defense, you've got to have somebody that can go. Right now they don't have a guy that can go. Too much side to side, yeah. Yeah, this is a horizontal kind of throw the ball a lot offense. And the biggest plays that you have as as an offense are play action. You know, and is this a play action offense? I mean, it's kind of hard to be a play action offense if you can't run, not run the ball. Yeah, so yeah. you've got to have a focus on getting more physical as an offense, running the ball, being committed, more committed to running the ball, especially when your quarterback is a little beat up, which they didn't do that. And I think that the coaching staff understand that probably might have been a mistake, <clears throat> mistake with that. And, uh, and that will help Trevor as well. And, look, you, know, you you've spent some draft capital on backs and you haven't gotten a whole lot out of the last third-round pick. But, I mean, look, you've got to find a way to use those backs and get them effective and the offensive line effective so you can help the entire offense. Um, in terms of the comments on Balky, I don't think it's any surprise. We, we know why people don't want Trent Balky back. He doesn't have a great track record in the draft. It's- yeah, you could – I mean, look uh, – the draft is always a percentage game, and if you look at his drafts, I mean, you could say that there's some that aren't very good picks, you know, and well, some I, that have reproduced not much well, compared to right. other guys. We're not, exactly. We're not going to judge the entirety of what these guys are going to do in their career based on their first year, but you didn't get a ton of significant impact beyond Anton Harrison this right. year, right? And you he got, was a good pick. He, I no, liked him. Right, he was a good pick, and I'm not knocking that. And and plus, in the trade back, you picked up a pick that netted you Antonio Johnson. Good um, player. So, that was good. But when you look at, for instance, you know, the example of Detroit, what they did with Brian Branch and Samuel Porta and Jameer Gibbs, and, I mean, Campbell didn't even make a dent this year, and he was one of their first-round picks. But three of their first four selections are massive contributors right. to that team right away. I, like, well, I, and, you know, the, and also one of the focal points of, that will always be put on Trent is the first overall pick that you had, which is Trevor, but not so much Trevor because everybody felt that that was just a consensus mm-hmm. overall number one. That's an easy pick to make. That's like going to Indianapolis Colts when they drafted Andrew Luck. And, boy, they were genius. Right, you know, anybody would have taken it. Everybody was going to take right. it. Right. Okay, so you look at the next one, which – there was a lot of debate about, which is Trayvon Walker, and so you have the obvious comparison to Aiden Hutchinson. It's not going away. That's always going to be there. That will always kind of be the the first pick that people compare with Trent Baalke, and right now it looks like Aiden Hutchinson is a better player. Not to say that Trayvon Walker is not a not a good player. You well, know? then you because can also Trayvon, add, they drafted Travis Etienne in the first round, and teams find 
running backs all throughout the draft. And that's yes. not to say Etienne's a bad player. He's a good right. player, right? But right. can you not fill that position when you've got big men needs, offensive line, defensive line? Correct. Right? And it's those or, or guys even, are more scarce. Well, or even Bigsby. I mean, you know, look, there's a lot of starting offensive linemen that you find in the third round, and you have a guy that didn't see the field a whole lot this year. But, you know, the one guy, though, that – that I I would question because look Bigsby if Bigsby turns out to be a great back and again you always evaluate the draft after three or four years, but with the Brenton Strange pick this one and I like Brenton Strange as a tight end uh, I think he's a good player I think he's a good receiving tight end but he wasn't used in that role that's the part that I have kind of like well wait a minute what second the round pick okay so are you are you actually getting the value out of Strange because the role that you have him in doesn't have the value of a second-round pick. Right. Because you're playing him essentially as a glorified fullback. So I think you can question that pick from that aspect that, hey, look, you know, is, are they on the same page? Because if that's the role you envision for a Brenton Strange, then why are we using a second-round pick well, on a guy like that? You can question a Bigsby pick because the year before you took him back in the fifth round named Snoop Connor, that couldn't make the roster and yeah. – you know, for instance, Kyron Williams was available when you took Snoop Connor. So yeah. same position. That's not like an apples to oranges comparison. Two guys at the same position. One of them turned into a star by his second year. The second guy is a practice squad guy, and you had to turn around the next year and invest a third well, round and pick in a guy that you didn't utilize. And right now, I mean, you look at him on a practice squad. If you looked at his performance in the preseason, you would say, does he even merit, merit that? A practice squad? Right, and you I know, think that his be, draft status probably probably so kept him around. For probably a so. Year. But you know, here here's the thing. And, and again, the draft is a percentage game. You know, and I remember talking to. Uh, Oh, Bill Polian. And, uh, you know, and obviously his son Chris worked here under Dave Caldwell. And I'm a big fan of the Polian family, super nice people. And Bill Polian, obviously one of the greatest general managers of all time. I mean, highly successful, drafted a bunch of guys that are in the Hall of Fame. And I remember having a conversation with Bill about, you know, what's the secret of success for a general manager. And he said that, look, you know, as a general manager, you need to make sure that you can realize and accept that the draft is a percentage game so that you're willing to admit that you may have missed or that you did miss so that you don't continue to latch on to somebody who you shouldn't have picked or that you're continuing to prop up with other picks to support them or you continue to ignore picks at that position because you feel like the one that you already made is the answer. He said the sooner you realize that, hey, look, I'm, I might be wrong, Probably could be wrong. And so let's just go ahead and pick the best we believe going forward without any kind of ties thought to process it, yeah. or ties to what we did in the past. And so uh, I, and I think that with Caldwell, there were some mistakes that were made there. And, and you know, going forward, you, you got to have that mentality. All right. Uh, let's get one more in here before we hit the break. Key on the south side next on a check to tape Tuesday. What's up, Key? Hey, what's going on? Um, I think the frustration, you know, with the fans is that uh, change – changes are being made just not the change that's going to uh have the long-term success and the question uh that i have is is this, this you know uh with the front office the way it is right now and with trevor going into his fourth season leading the league in turnovers how confident are you, if nothing changes in the front office, that we would not be pressing the reset button in 2026? And I'll take it off the air. All right. Uh, let's hold that over. 
until uh, after the break because uh, we're a little bit behind. But uh, we got the question in. If you want to get yours in, 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines. We'll discuss uh, Key's topic when we return in a moment with Jeff Logman, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark. I'm Mike Dempsey. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Jeff Lagerman Tuesday is brought to you by Mr. Sparky of the First Coast, your on-time electrician on 1010XL. All right, uh, picking up where we left off for a change here on a Check the Tape Tuesday. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Jeff Lagerman, Dylan Denmark. uh, Logs, Tony, we uh, just got a call that asked, and I'm paraphrasing it basically, if Trent Balky sticks around. If you've got the same people making personnel decisions, how confident are we that they're going to be able to put the pieces in place around Trevor Lawrence to the point that we're sure that they're not going to have to hit the reset button on everything in 2026? Um, I, I know how I feel about it, Logs. I'll let you lead off, though. Well, look, I, I think you can do it, but you know, you got to get you know everybody swimming in the same direction. When you say so you speak. can do what? When you say you can you do can it? You can win you know, with Trent and Dove. You know, but you've got to find a way for those two guys to be working together and that there's trust and that everybody believes, okay, we're all on the same page. And I don't know how they work together now. I mean, obviously, I'm not in those rooms. Um, but if you have two guys working together and, and paddling in the same direction, so to speak, you always have a chance. And I hope that they are paddling in the same direction because this organization needs people that are paddling in the same direction. So I'm hopeful, Mike. I'm hopeful. Am I confident? Um, yes, I'm mildly confident just because, you know, there was a, a step back this year, I think a significant step that was that you, we were expecting this team to take a step forward. And if you look at this team, did they get better from a personnel stamp, standpoint from last year to this year? If they did, you haven't seen it. And I think that's an issue. All right, Tony, how would you answer that? Uh, I get frustrated. I've been with the fans. We've been on the same page as far as Trent Baalke from the moment he got hired as the GM. I didn't like him as the hire at general manager. I thought he should have been shown the door when they let go of Urban Meyer. I'd be fine if they fired him today. Like, I'm, I'm okay with changing the general manager for this football team. I am frustrated with the fans who keep trying to come up with different ways to say, I want to move on from Trevor Lawrence. I'm tired of it already. I'm tired of it already. Y'all can feel about him however you want to feel, and y'all can keep expressing it however you want to express it. You're not going to convince me yet that they need to move on from Trevor Lawrence or need to be thinking, what if in three years it's still not working with Trevor? If it's still not working with Trevor in three years, then yeah, they'll move on. But we got to get through the next two years to even think about those kinds of things. So no, I don't think they're going to have to reset, which I interpret as, we're done with Trevor Correct. in 2026. Yeah, that's, that's right. No, even on I disagree. It's not even on my map. Me either. Could, could Doug Peterson be gone? Absolutely. Absolutely. If they kind of muddled through the next couple of years, don't make the playoffs, sure. I could see that as a possibility. Trevor Lawrence, two years from now, going into the 26 offseason ahead of the 2026 season, which is what our caller was talking about. I mean, 26 years old, man. Yeah. I mean, he's so young. Mm-hmm. And, and what are you going to uh, – what is the likelihood that the Jags – will have the desire, be in position to get an upgrade at quarterback over a 26-year-old Trevor Lawrence. I, I, Me, I don't envision that being anywhere 
more than like a 1% likelihood. I yeah. mean, I think that they, it sh- you can't rule anything out in the NFL, well, but I, I don't I, I'm a Trevor worry fan. about it. I'm a Trevor fan, and and I believe that he can be a franchise quarterback for this organization and lead them to the playoffs consistently year in and year out. You know, but it's not very often. You know, perfect example is Andrew Luck. You know, Andrew Luck. You know, was kind of battling to get in the playoffs every year. And how highly was he highly successful? Yeah, mildly successful. I don't think they, they didn't do a very good job at all. Grigson did not do a very good job around Andrew Luck. And, uh, but that wasn't Andrew Luck's no, issue, right? And no. so, like, Logs, you can fail as the GM to put the pieces around Andrew Luck or Trevor Lawrence, in this case, or whomever it is. And that just means the next GM needs to do a better job of putting the pieces around it. That right. doesn't mean Trevor Lawrence is a failure if he doesn't have everything. And I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence is the perfect quarterback. You got, people yeah, he's got hear, a lot to learn. They, they hear what they want to hear. A lot of room hear. for improvement. People do hear what they want to hear. But, but the reality is, is that – You've got one hell of a quarterback in Houston, and you've got a, a franchise there that's shown that they're going to compete with you every year. Okay, Tennessee is still a ways off. Okay, Indianapolis is still not there. Okay, but you have a quarterback in Houston who's a hell of a player. So you better not mess around and think that, okay, we're okay. And, you know, you better get better as much as you possibly can around Trevor Lawrence because that kid in Houston, he's for real and he's not going anywhere. Well, somebody just said on the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures, don't turn a Balky and Peterson question into a Trevor question. I thought it was a Trevor question the whole way. I did, too. It was and like, if these guys don't caller, support Trevor, yeah. are you going to have to hit the reset button? The reset button isn't firing the GM. The reset button is start. If you, as long as Trevor Lawrence is the face of this franchise, yeah. you're not hitting the reset button. You may change coaching stats. You may look for better ways to get better performance out of him. But the reset button is... The start over is when you move on to the next quarterback. And I forget the caller's name, but we've heard from that voice. Keith, Keith, I remember that voice. I've heard that voice multiple times on this show calling about it's time to move on from Trevor Lawrence. We've heard him talk about it on the show. He came at it from a different angle this time, and that's fine. I wish I could be the guy texting into us saying, don't make it an issue about that other side. I'm glad that Trevor being the question is so far from your mind that you heard that and didn't hear the Trevor stuff, but it's clear based on what we've heard from that caller before too, he's ready to move yeah, past I, Trevor. I didn't, I mean, clearly if bulky continues to fail, there's no question. Or if he continues to put out subpar draft classes from top to bottom, right? If he doesn't yeah. give you enough raw material, he's going to be gone. That's not even going to be a question. He's not out surviving Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. No, no way that in my opinion, that is so, it's not even a question what that was being asked about. It was being asked about the reset button at the quarterback position and resetting the entire franchise. If he doesn't have the support put around him, what are you going to do? Uh, I don't have any right now. It's not even a, a thought in my mind that they're looking to or they're imminently resetting or two years away from resetting at the quarterback position. Well, so. I think every every year you're always at a critical point in a franchise just because, I mean, there's opportunities to get better, there's opportunities to get worse, and, you know, there's an important moment coming up in this franchise, and that's, you know, the the contract of Trevor Lawrence and how that would impact the organization and the ability to do things elsewhere. And so you you need to have a really good roadmap, okay, a plan and leadership in place so that you know how to go about the next three years because the next three years are going to be critical – to the next decade of this organization. Right. Somebody on the text line, we're gonna if we're gonna build around Trevor, we need a better guy who 
building around Trevor. It's just a big circle we're, we're walking in and talking in. We get it. You don't want Trent Baalke? We're fine. Move on from Trent Baalke. Guess what? None of us have any say over it, okay? So if Trent Baalke remains, I'm going to hope that he makes good picks yep. and signs good players to put around Trevor and the rest of the players that are already on this roster. I, I don't know what other position you would take other than, oh, we got Balky, we can't possibly. Did you like Anton Harrison? It's possible he makes a good pick, right, when when they're on the clock. If you like the Anton Harrison pick, is it possible that maybe the next pick could be good as well and the pick after that? It's possible. Yeah. I'm not saying the track record is likely that Balky's going to go 7-for-7 seven seven in the draft or anything like that, but I, I'm certainly not going to root for a negative outcome. No, no, don't you, express you, look, knowing that he needs to be better at his job with expressing confidence that he will be. Yeah, right. Those are two different things. Look, we're we're we're, we're all on the same page here, and that we're, we're we're fans of this football team. We want this team to get yes. better players. And if, if Trent yeah. Baalke's a general manager, then let's go. Let's make some great and pick picks. better players. Let's right. Get some great picks. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. Uh, let's go to Bruce in Mandarin up next on Jaguars today. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning. How are y'all today? Okay, what's up? All right, uh, my thought on Trevor is Trevor's close to an 80 already on his PFF. And your problem with a lot of the linemen, three of the linemen are in their 40s on a PFF. So it's obvious the performance problem is somewhere on the line. Trevor would be well in the 80s, probably Pro Bowl quality easily with the proper protection. That's the whole thing is protecting Trevor and that's something that we have missed the past two years. So those were my thoughts on it overall. I appreciate it. I mean, I, I don't – Well, let, let, me, let me just say Go something ahead. about PFF here real quick because uh, I, I think PFF can be a tool, but it's not the end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, a uh, couple offensive linemen grades. Okay, Fortner's amongst the worst and at centers, at his Literally position. the worst. And, and I would agree with that. That evaluation, but then you also, if you look at uh, the grade for Anton Harrison, is he does not have a very good PFF grade, not but, in run blocking. No, but when you watch him, you sit there and you go, "Wait a minute, he's finishing better than in run blocking, finishing better than some of the other linemen in the league." His pass protection, he's got great feet and going against great players this year. I think he and Cam both did well, though, on, yeah. on pass protection with and, PFF. And if anybody, if, for me, watching Cam and watching Anton, Cam had a, a, a good year, but not as good in pass protection as Anton Harrison if you just kind of focused in on the second half of the season. Uh, in the first part of the season, I thought Cam was pretty good, and then he, he, failed, he, he tailed off a little bit towards the end, especially – in that last game against Tennessee where uh, the former Jaguar defensive end kind of had – Arden Key. Arden Key had kind of he, – he beat Cam in that game uh, more than he should have. So, uh, so I mean, there's sometimes you look at it and you go, yeah, you know, and, and it's you, know, you agree with some of it. Some of it you don't. So you can't – you know, just broke – you can't sit there and say PFF is the end-all be-all uh, in evaluation. Um, I think our eyes tell us, though, they need to get much better on the offensive line. There's no doubt. I will say this, though. When when I hear from Bruce, I feel like he's saying they've ignored that aspect. There's not a person in the game of football that doesn't know how important the offensive line is. And I will say this. You take shots, sometimes you miss, okay? They did draft Fortner in the third round. That's not an insignificant pick. Now, their love affair with how he's playing it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They went out and signed a five-time Pro Bowl guard in Brandon Sheriff last year. They did draft a first-round 
tackle in mm-hmm. Anton Harrison, who we all felt played pretty well. To replace the second-round pick. To, right, to replace the second-round pick yeah. that they spent uh, with Walker Little. So they've invested in the offensive line. The question is, did they invest the right pieces? You know, And, and uh, were they patient? Like, when you hear that Ben Barch gets picked up by San Fran and they're working him as a center, and what do we think we need an improvement at center? And you had him right there in your roster. This is, you know, then you follow up and you see – Quincy Williams is a pro bowl, an all pro uh, with the Jets, and he wasn't even good enough to be on the roster here in Jacksonville. So there's some poor evaluation going on, but there's also needs to be better development of some of these players as well. Like, I don't know if the, the Jaguars coaching staff did enough to get everything out of Quincy Williams that they could have, but I know this, he got to New York and he flourished. Yeah, and, and this, I'm trying to remember, Quincy Williams was kind of let go before this coaching staff took over, correct? Mm-hmm. I mean, so that that kind of decision was already made, and uh, but anyway, and look at and you you bring up a great point. It's it's getting the right players, but it's picking the right players. It's getting them in the right system. It's developing players, and it's sometimes it's having faith in players too to give them the opportunity because you know we we talk about that word trust all the time when it comes to playtime and okay Bigsby early in the season he put the ball on the ground he didn't catch a ball it led to an interception you know so at some point you also as a coaching staff have to trust a guy to just go ahead and play him yeah you know and say hey look we're going to go through some growing pains because he's a young player and accept that and just move forward and to be fair I don't know how much of the letting him go was Urban versus Trent Right when they yeah. came in, but that's when the decision was made. Was during that off season when they were both brought in right. to those positions. I don't know. All right, uh, we got to take a timeout. We'll come back if you're on the line and have a little patience. We'll get to you coming up here shortly. Jeff Logman in our final check the tape Tuesday of the 2023 campaign. This is Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Check the Tape Tuesday with Jeff Lagerman is brought to you by Mr. Sparky of the First Coast, your on-time electrician on 1010XL. Good tune there, Pockets. Uh, all right, as we enter Hour 2, I wanted to go back to the uh, text line here quickly with the logs and look at a go- one, uh, and I looked it up too, but thank you for the people who said Jim Miller was the guy who tried to yes. pick it with Pat Kerwin. Yep. Um, was Chicago here? Bears. Was he here for? He was here for a like little in bit, a camp, and, right? Uh, but uh, mostly he was with Chicago Bears, I believe. Yeah, he played. I think he played like six years. But uh, I was looking it up. Yeah, he, he does a great job. Him and Pat, uh, big fans of those two guys. Pat Kerwin was uh, when I was up in New York. Pat at the time, I think, was working for Hofstra University, and then came over to work for the Jets in a in a capacity in personnel, and then kind of uh, uh, worked with Pete Carroll, I think, at, at FC and. And eventually carved out a, you know, he does a great job with NFL series or NFL radio, and him and Jim got a great chemistry together. I, lo- I love going on with those guys. I know you you know a lot of those guys, Michael sure. on Sirius XM, um, that do a great job as well. Um, let's see the reset button. This is also on the text line mm-hmm. designed by Lifetime Enclosures. The reset button is getting rid of the free agents, resigning the cornerstones. Lawrence is a cornerstone. Have to reset. That's how what I look. As long as Trevor Lawrence is here, it's not a reset. The other pieces are going to come and go. Yeah, you know, Josh Allen is a cornerstone. He's not Trevor Lawrence important. He's just not. Right. The quarterback the position's is, not. The position is it. Yeah. So, to me, the the re- there's only one reset, and it's 
moving on from the quarterback. And I'm not even – that's not even a thought in my mind. No, you know? no, so, no. But, but, when you, know, you talk about organizations having to reset, it's generally because, well, they got to find a quarterback. Right. It's time to reset. Like, that's how it's used in NFL parlance. There's a lot of really good coaches that got fired because they didn't have a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, that's just – you know, that's the reality. And, you know, and, and Josh, I, I consider him a cornerstone. But, you know, and, and Mike, I think you do too. But, but it's just, again, not to the level of the quarterback. Just, you know, he's it's the, just, it's just it's the quarterback. <laughs> it's, I mean, that's, that's all you got to say. I mean, if uh, if you had – They got to get Josh signed, though. I mean, oh, absolutely. Oh, sure. The number one priority of the offseason. Yeah. We said it many, many times. And you can have more than one priority, but if you are listing them, you know, like what's the most important thing? It's how Trevor Lawrence performs for the next I'm decade plus. disappointed that they didn't sign him last year. I mean, you know, Josh. Yeah, yeah, you know, I hear you. Probably but could have saved you a lot of money. Well, you I might what have, they but... would have had to offer to get him to not try to play it out. Like, I do wonder what that number would have been. You know, maybe in that ninety, yeah, maybe ninety-five know. range. And what if you do that? And he has did, seven was, sacks again. Was there even an offer made? I don't. I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know. But no. I mean, you look at like if, if not, then that's disappointing. Yeah, right. But I mean, it's again, if they give him what, what are you going to give him? Top of the market. You know, now? prior to the no, prior to the season. Yeah, I mean, not not. I mean, you're not going to pay him like T.J. Watt. Okay, well, you know, but, but you I might mean, now. You, right, I mean, but, right now. All right, but he's going to make the argument. I should be. Would you have given him four years, ninety six million? That's what. Uh, that's what Rashawn Gary got. He's never had ten sacks in his life. Yeah, he's. And he's a good player. He was not, not great early on, but he's really developed. He's good. I give him he had a, lot a nine of sack season. He's developed. He's, but yeah, I yeah. think the volatility of what it's going to look like when the influx of money comes in makes it really difficult last offseason to approach these guys and for them to say, yeah, without betting on themselves, I can do it for a year. Mm. Right? Like, I, I think it would have been hard to figure out exactly what that was going to look like, but I'm with you. If they didn't at least talk to him and offer him something to try to make it happen last yeah. offseason, I do that think would, they should have. mistake. Yeah. Um, the, the other one here, and I don't have uh, it in front of me because I just can't find it. Anyway, it was something along the lines of, you guys don't even believe what you're saying. Okay, oh, yeah. and th- this is and, – and I did want to bring up at Let's the moment – talking about the deep threat. Right. We're, we were in the midst of it. You know, people are there's there's timing to what we're doing. Jeff was given an answer to one thing. You were talking about this team needs to find a real deep threat with deep speed. And my mm-hmm. thought was, well, we just saw Ridley catch a 59 yard touchdown. He got mm-hmm. open in another deep one. Zay Jones is a very fast guy, but you know, you pick and choose which direction you want the main gist of the conversation to go. Mm-hmm. So I didn't bring it up. Maybe that's my bad, but that's what the person pointed out. You, Jeff, you don't even believe. What you're saying there? They've got Ridley and Zay. They're like, I mean, you can disagree. We're, you're pretty confidently you can feel that we're saying what we believe. So What's that was the point. Yeah. So the person I was just saying that just that to be you're sane? just I guess I. But what about that? What about all right? To just forget that aspect of it, the pushback that Zay Jones is fast. Yeah, he's fast. Right. Uh, Calvin Ridley did show he could get deep uh, a couple of times just in this most recent game. Why aren't they good enough in terms of being field stretchers if you have better protection? Um, well, I mean, first off, a guy that has legitimate speed can go deep consistently. And, and if you look at Calvin Ridley, he could not get past guys consistently all year. He did in this game, okay, okay for two plays. Okay, but that, that doesn't make him all of a sudden, okay, we saw him get deep twice. Okay, he's got great speed. I mean, when the, that was a – he got deep because there was a mistake made in coverage. Okay, 
I want to have a guy that can flat out fly when the defensive back is trying to turn his hips. He's got to turn his hips 10 yards before the guy even gets to him because he's that fast. I mean, and there are guys out there that are like that. You know, I mean, they're hard to find. Mm -hmm. But if you have a guy that has legitimate go deep every time and is a threat every time and defensive coordinators worry about it and are always trying to find a way to put a safety over the top, that's the guy that you want. Good explanation. Zay yeah. is a deep guy and gets deep more on a double move type of thing. Yeah. And it, but he doesn't run by guys without the assistance of a double move. Okay, so for the person that is saying, I don't believe it, okay, there's a little further explanation to maybe help you understand what I'm talking about. They're probably talking about me more than anything, but I, even though <laughs> that was the point you were making, whatever. Yeah. How uh, much of a priority should getting Calvin Ridley back be for the team? I don't think it's a priority. I mean, I, I don't think you can forget part of the season where there was talk about miscommunication. Uh, and I'm not saying that you don't try. I think you always try, but there's got to be a comfortable number that sit that fits. Okay, would where you the tag him for at. one year? Um, assuming in lieu you, of, I assuming mean, you don't have to use it on Josh to extend that negotiation. No, I'm not a big yeah. fan of using tags on anybody unless it's an elite player, and that's Josh. Okay, but uh, I'm, in that scenario, I'm presuming Josh Allen's got a contract yeah. extension. Otherwise, you're not going to yeah. hamper no, you. your your. But so you wouldn't? No, I would not. Okay, what well, you know? And granted, you you don't feel like he's worth that massive deal. What are they going to do at wide receiver then? Well, if, think, if Ridley walks out the door, you got you got to draft and develop some guys. Okay, we also need to draft and develop offensive linemen and defensive linemen. No doubt. And I mean, you know, and when you've got a guy that here wanted to be I'm playing devil's advocate sure. here a little bit right like like you're creating another hole for yourself if you let him walk mm-hmm. and granted you're using up salary cap space to retain him if you do go that route but you know it, it, to me I feel like I better have a clear-cut plan to replace him otherwise I, I'm just setting my offense back a step further no I understand what you're saying but I think you can get guys that are going to be out there on the market that are going to be just as good, if not better, for for a price that may not cost you what because you know you, it always costs more to keep a guy before you get, in, in my opinion, it always costs a lot to keep a guy like a Calvin. Really, you know, the reality is he's had one thousand yard season prior to this year. Understand? You know, he's got a he's got a league imposed suspension. Um, he's had some issues in the past. I mean, some of these things are all. You all you have to factor all of them in. And then also this year when you listen to Trevor talk and you listen to that kind of – and you see that uh, that relationship, I just never got the impression this year that it was warm and fuzzy. You know, with Christian Kirk and Zay, Trevor talks about them glowingly. You never got that impression when Trevor talked about Calvin. And you never, from a performance standpoint – saw it and go, yeah, those two guys are really on the same page. You know, and for me, that's after watching this past year, you just – it's like, eh, I, I don't see that chemistry between those two. If it's a guy that's clearly got chemistry, then I'm like, yes, bring him back because those two are great. Do they have to have an alpha receiver? Like, you look at Green Bay now, right, and they just got Christian Watson back, and I think he's the most physically gifted, but they've been out without him for a while. They've been flourishing. Jaden Reed's probably had – it's arguable he and, and Romeo Dobbs, who had the better season collectively, but Reed didn't even have a catch this week. Watson had one, mm-hmm. and they put up 
48 points. Now, granted, the defense contributed mightily to that, but they apparently are good. Look, Dontavian Wicks could be the number one one week. Romeo Dobbs could be the number one one week. Jaden Reed could be the number one. Christian Watson could be the number one. We got two young tight ends. Felt like the 2022 Jags a little bit. Do you – can you – would you – I mean, obviously, you always want alpha everything, right? But sure. you can't have it necessarily. So, would you be okay with kind of that wide receiver by committee where Christian Kirk may be your best guy, but he's not like an NFL – you know, uh, he's not a C.D. Lamb level receiver that right. can beat you in every facet of what a receiver yeah, is Yeah, I'm okay do. with that, not having a number one. But, I mean, you know, because – if you have a number one, sometimes you feel obligated to get it to that mm-hmm. number one. When you don't have a number one, but you got some really good twos, then you kind of go with more of the, uh, the way that the offense is going and uh, the design of the offense instead of trying to maybe force the ball to the number one. But then again, when you're forcing the ball to the number one, sometimes you're doing that because he's going to catch the damn ball. Right. I mean, there, there's a reason he's a number one. Like, right. You know, um, I, I mean, Detroit seems to spread the ball around, but Amon Ra always seems to get his. And so, he, yeah, and he's, uh, and he's probably a really good two. You know, maybe I, I don't know if I'd call. I don't him know. He's a, a first. He's an all pro. Yeah, I know. I mean, he's, a, I, I I think I'm gonna give him a one, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, you know, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, it's. I mean, who are the true number ones in the league? There's one in Minnesota. Oh, you there's got one Chase, Ceedee Lamb, Tyreek Hill. Yeah. I mean, you probably right. If you're looking at that, I think those guys are. There's not above 32. That level. There's not 32 number ones. No, there's not 32 ones, but yeah. I think they're that like we're talking about. There may be an ultra elite half dozen, but yeah. I think they're even on, on a higher plane. You know, like like Debo would be a one in a lot of places, but is he on the Tyreek Hill level? No, no, right? No. So you know, no, he's he's good. He's really he's, good. he's very good, and but I, he's a different type of player because he does different things. Sure. Uh, let's get Torrance on the south side before we uh, hit the break. Torrance, go ahead, please. Hey, yeah, I'm just asking the question. So you know, I heard y'all talk about. Trevor reset. I was saying, what do you think? When you think Trevor's going to get enough? Like, when you think he's going to be tired of the losing and when he gets out of Jacksonville? Because that's what I'm feeling probably next year if we don't improve. Um, I mean, from his perspective, yeah. I assume he's asking. Uh, look, I don't know. I and I see this kind of talk out there, right? Like, when is Trevor just going to be sick of Jacksonville and ready to move on? When is Herbert going to be sick of L.A.? Yeah, I don't know how to answer that. I mean, he's never won a playoff game. I don't even know how to answer that either. By the way, they got to get better. Everyone knows that. They had a winning record each of the last two years. So, And and I'm not saying that's good enough, but, you know, right, we can't speak for – Trevor Lawrence and, yeah. and how he feels and I don't, I my I guess is never. Trevor Lawrence Trevor is gonna, loves Jacksonville. Well, my guess he's going to sign a massive extension here in Jacksonville and then people that can complain that about question. that yeah. if they want to. But it'll answer at least that aspect yeah. of the question, but how long until Trevor wants out of this deal? How long I mean whatever, man. I mean I don't I don't know. I'm not I, I'm not getting in Trevor's head. I can't get in Trevor's head. The great I, thing about about Trevor is just that how how mature he is and uh, when you listen to him, he's he's very smart. Uh, he's uh, you know a lot of quarterbacks and a lot of players that when you hear him talk, you sit there and you go, "What is he looking at? What the hell is he thinking?" You, you, because their sense of reality sometimes is skewed because they're looking at it from their perspective all the time. But I think Trevor has the ability sometimes to to step back and pull back and evaluate himself and and where they're at honestly, and he's very smart that way. And uh, I think that again, he's going to make a significant improvement from last year to this year coming up. 
but you also have to be able to have things improve around him for him to be able to do that and for him to stay healthy. This year was a challenging year, and I'm just here to tell you, look, it's hard to play this game, and it's really hard to play this game when you're hurt. And he had a significant amount of injuries this year that totally impacted his ability to play. And then when you've got some inconsistencies with your weapons and then also some miscommunications with your weapons and an offensive line that did not perform at a very high level this year, you know, a lot of times people put it all on the quarterback, and and I get it, you know. But at the same token, there's a lot of things that got to get better around him. Who, but, I, but I appreciate how how mature he is and how honest he is. Who is the best player on the Jags this year? It's an easy question. Josh. Josh Allen, right? See, you ever get Had the best any year. indication from Josh Allen that he doesn't love playing in Jacksonville? No. He wears it on his sleeve. Loves I mean, I, I think Loves he would it. love to be a lifer. Here. Yeah. So he's gone through the same thing, you know, he's gone through the same last three years at least as Trevor Lawrence. And, and maybe you feel it'll be different because he's a quarterback and Trevor has a long history of winning and all these things. But again, I, I'm not like everyone, there's such a doom and gloom. Like they, it's just an expectation. It can't get better. It's always going to be bad. It's always going to go backwards. Uh, in fact, as a matter of fact, we'll have one good year and then we'll never have another good one. And granted, they took a step back this year, but it wasn't a collapse this year. Down the stretch, you can look at it as losing five out of six was a collapse within the season, but they didn't go five and 12. You know what I mean? Like they were competitive despite all the flaws that they had. So I still feel like there's a lot of good football that will be led by Trevor Lawrence and Josh Allen here in Jacksonville. So anyway, you want to get in, express your opinion on that or anything else, 641. 1010 is the way to do it. This is Jaguars today on a check the tape Tuesday on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Jeff Lagerman Tuesday is brought to you by Mr. Sparky of the First Coast, your on-time electrician on 1010XL. All right, uh, more with Jeff Lagerman here momentarily. If you want to get in, 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. So the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures got a uh, frequently asked question today that I'll pass along to you. Here in a moment, Logs. But first, uh, Tony will take us on a quick tour around the rest of the National Football League. Now, gems around the NFL. Brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. Philadelphia Eagles center Jason Kelsey reportedly told teammates that he plans to retire after the Eagles' loss at Tampa Bay last night. Houston has placed wide receiver Noah Brown on injured reserve with a shoulder injury. The Baltimore Ravens have placed defensive back Demarion Williams on injured reserve and have cut wide receiver Laquan Treadwell. Green Bay linebacker Kingsley Inagbare is feared to have suffered a torn ACL against Dallas on Saturday. The schedule for the four divisional round playoff games this weekend has been set. It will start on Saturday at 4.30 with the Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens on ABC and ESPN. Then on Saturday night, Green Bay will be at San Francisco at 8.15 on Fox. Sunday, the the Buccaneers will be at Detroit at 3 o'clock on NBC. And the weekend will wrap up with Kansas City at Buffalo, 6.30 on CBS. And although not a surprise, USC quarterback Caleb Williams has officially announced that he will be entering the NFL draft. Yes, and uh, some are, you know... Oh, he took it out to the last day and whatever. I think he's a little bit of a, a drama queen, but so be it. You know, if I grew up in this day and age and had all the attention that Caleb Williams had, I'd probably be that as well. Not our concern. Ain't going to play for us. Uh, and uh, likely not even going to be in this conference. Um, the likeliest suitors to trade up are probably NFC teams. 
uh, right now. So It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, because how many how many quarterbacks are viewed as top ten picks right now? Um, maybe three. Yeah, Drake May, like three or four. Um, right? Yeah. Um, what, uh, what do you guys uh, Jake think? Jake Daniels the best? is. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I don't know, man. I'm not. A scout. I, I've watched you know what I mean? Yet, like, so I don't know. I, I see Caleb Williams make ridiculous plays. He's like a bigger version of Mahomes in his ability to throw. You know, kind of off platform and and doesn't have to have his feet set. He's got great mobility. Uh, he's got all these different things. But I don't know about his makeup. But Rick Spielman which I thought was kind of a weird thing to do because he's consulting with the commanders right now who currently have the second pick in the draft who may be interested in trading up to get Caleb Williams. Yeah. Just came out after getting hired by the commanders and said, I would have taken Williams over Elway, Manning, any of them, Lawrence, anybody went number one. Graded higher for him than anyone. Andrew Locke, the whole lot of them. Wow. So – why would you say that if you're working for the team that might need to trade up? And, and oh, well, your your consultant says he's worth more than Elway. So, here's where the bidding starts. Like, I thought that was an incredibly dumb thing to make public, but. Unless yeah. he didn't mean it. Maybe, right. Unless he didn't, right. And then he's playing. But then then he's just kind of undercutting his own credibility. You, you yeah. know what I mean? I just I better not to answer that question, I think. Uh, in the position that he's in. I don't know. Have you watched enough of him? I, I haven't. I, I I don't really watch college football just because I get uh, so fatigued. I watch enough pro. I can't continue to watch it on Saturdays, too. <laughs> All right. Uh, Unless it's the NFL. Let's uh, get to this question I've seen from a few different uh, sources here in our various uh, channels. Uh, Jim Bob Cooter's absence this year. Was that a significant reason why – Things didn't go as harmoniously on the offensive side. Well, I think anytime you lose a coach who is part of the chemistry makeup of a staff, it hurts. Um, is uh, was he sorely missed? I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not uh, again in that room, and uh, I know that he was highly thought of, though. And so, but good for him. He got a he got a nice bump and and got an opportunity elsewhere. Uh, all right, um, Caleb Williams is smaller than Mahomes. Listed at 6'1", 215. He looks a lot bigger, doesn't he? Maybe he is. I don't know. What is Mahomes listed at? He's like 6'3", 6'2". Mahomes looks small, though, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. But he's when you see him, put it this way. When uh, the first time that uh, – that 6'2", 225. I got to see him, I remember going, damn, he's bigger than I thought. I don't know. Tony and I sat right across yeah. from him at the Super Bowl. He looked small to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. he looks small, small to yeah. me. And um, – so if that's uh, Caleb Williams, just looks at he right. He's listed six one two eighteen. So uh, he just I don't know something about him. Yeah. So uh, there you go. I don't know. He, he he does look like he's a bigger, more physical version of Mahomes. That's my eyeball test. Obviously, TV is tricking me. Mahomes was really good this weekend, by the way. Uh, Mahomes, really good. Mahomes is he's so this good. just in pretty good. <laughs> um, I still like Buffalo this week. Do though. you? I do. I do. I think it's going to be a great game and. I think that's the game of the week. It's it's interesting. I, I the lines all came out obviously the first last road game night for Mahomes besides mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. That's the close. It's like a three point line in Buffalo's favor, and I feel better about Buffalo winning than I do about almost any team this week. Really? Yes. Wow. I really do. I think uh, they're just Kansas City's never had to go on the road 
in the postseason, not you know, barring a neutral site game in the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, Buffalo went into KC and beat them. I just think they're the hot team on a roll right now. I think Buffalo can go all the way, at least all the way to Vegas and play in the Super Bowl all right. this year. So we'll see. Maybe I'll be wrong. You I'll know? be. Uh, I'll be the first time. That's that's the game that I will make sure that I just you know got the popcorn in front of the TV and two minutes before kickoff, I'm seated. And I'm not getting up other than to <laughs> replenish the food or the drink. Mm-hmm. That's it. All right. I love I love the game. Um, <laughs> the NFL's king, by the way. So no, nothing else even comes close. Oh, look, what is it? Like 96 of the top 100 programs? I mean, it's just, or... I mean, I, I just, I don't even get excited for the NBA, baseball, college football. I mean, it's just, I mean, am I deranged? I don't know. I, the, the funny thing is all the people over the last several years, I haven't watched another NFL game. All right, there's six people waiting in line to take your place. Okay, because the NFL's right. not missing you. They're it. really not missing you. I mean, like, I get – and all you need to know – well, I'm not going to buy another ticket. They show you how they think about the ticket-buying customers compared to the TV audience. They they prioritize the TV audience way over anybody. They'll move games around. They'll do whatever. It doesn't matter. They'll inconvenience you. They'll flex a game. You've got months and months of plans to go attend, and you've arranged your work. They don't care. There are only 50,000, 60,000 of you guys. So uh, I, you know. I, I need some help, though, okay, because now that I have a Peacock cause, uh, subscription, <laughs> is there anything else on Peacock that's nah. worth a damn to watch? I don't think so because I have, like, I have like well, there may be. I like The Office is on there now. The Office is on there. Uh, Oppenheimer's coming in a month. All right, that's worthy. That, that was yeah. good. Did you watch, Have you seen it? I saw it in the theater, yeah. but, you know, I'm half deaf and I need subtitles, so okay. I'm anxious to watch it again with subtitles. <laughs> I like the subtitles they now, They talk too. So, so low in the movie, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to kind of understand. No, any of the saying. NBC shows are on there, so if you never saw Parks and Rec or any of that kind of yeah. stuff, it's all on there. It's but, a good show. Yeah. You got any hunting stuff on there, fishing stuff? Sure they do. Not, no. Everybody's got no. some hunting you know. stuff. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I have it. I have, like, the basic peacock. For free, and yeah. I never, ever, ever open it up. The only thing, you know what, Mr. Mercedes uh, was a good series okay. based on Stephen King novel or novels or yeah. whatever. Um, I, didn't, I didn't read them. Of novels were unreal. Was it? Did you, did you see how the NFL Network kind of did the little trickery this weekend oh, with yeah. that game? Oh, yeah. So the NFL Network has, um, uh, they were replaying the Kansas City-Miami game from earlier in the year. So they tried to suck you into thinking that you're watching. Or they're trying to get people to subscribe to the NFL Network because it has Kansas City-Miami. Mm-hmm. But it was just a replay right. from the previous you know, from the previous mat- uh, meeting. And, uh, and I was sitting there going, all right, I got it on the NFL Network. Yeah, man, can't wait. They're putting it on Peacock like, and man, the NFL This weather network. doesn't look nearly as bad as they talk <laughs> and about. And then I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm going, wait a minute, this is not the game. Nope. And uh, because it's, it's getting promoted as being live on YouTube TV, and it, and it wasn't, of course. And so uh, my son ended up uh, getting us to the Peacock uh, channel, and we were able to watch it. So did they? was it available on the basic – do you have the basic Peacock tier? Um. I have no idea. See that I have that right. <laughs> like, let me let me text what my was the son. Last game? There was a game like a month ago, right? That was on Peacock, yeah. whatever it was, right? Yeah, the Buffalo game. And so, yeah. right, like you could watch the pregame on NBC. You could watch it on Peacock right up until kickoff. Okay. And then if you didn't have the the higher the next high, like the basic basic tier comes free for me through Xfinity, right? Okay. And 
but I was not able to watch. Like you had to be on a higher tier, and that's fine. That's everyone's choice, right? I so, have, so I have the basic tier of YouTube TV. Okay, uh, I don't have that's anything. That's a different. Else. I don't have YouTube TV. So, uh, so uh, and it was not on that. Somebody tweeted me and said, "Hey," and I didn't see it in time, but they said, "Hey." If I had the basic tier, and then Tony thought, oh, no, that they probably got cut off at kickoff. But I think he replied to me yesterday and said, I guess I got lucky or whatever. So maybe it was available. I don't know. Okay. I, yeah, I, I don't know. All I know is that it wasn't on what I had, and we were scrambling and got it Look, we're, we're the old guys, man. I mean, people are people like pockets. They're used to streaming everything. Yep. Oh, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, and I have a bunch of streaming things. I just don't – it's my choice. I don't – if it were – the Jags, first of all, we'd be working. It wouldn't be an issue. Right. You'd have it in the local market. But if I if it, if I were for some reason in Missouri and it was the Jags plan, I would pay the six bucks. That's fine. I'm not going to pay the six bucks to see uh, Tua and and Mahomes on the Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, go so to the bar. Yeah, you could if you want to. Are you going to pay a lot more than six bucks? Yeah, I guess a lot of the bars didn't even have it too, though. That's probably true. You got to find the ones that do. Yeah. That's probably true, though. Um, all right, uh, let's take our final time out here. If you've got questions or comments, Jaguar-related or NFL in general for Logs, let's uh, take advantage of his final segment on a Check the Tape Tuesday coming up next here. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Jeff Lockerman Tuesday on Jaguars Today is brought to you by Mr. Sparky of the First Coast, your on-time electrician on 1010XL. All right, let's continue along here. Final 10 minutes or so with Jeff Logman. And uh, we'll run through some rapid-fire questions, some that we've culled from your responses today and others just on our mind that we haven't gotten to. Uh, but we'll get one more on the phone lines here. Cooper in St. John's County. Uh, Cooper, you're on Jaguars today. Go ahead, please. Hello, fellas. How are you all? We're good. How are, how are you? Good. I'm just curious who you all think is going to get cut because obviously we can't keep everyone. And I'm just curious who y'all think is going to get the boot. Okay. Um, From a player standpoint? Yeah. Uh, I don't think you you cut anybody. You know, you, you let the uh, the attrition be natural. When you get better players in, you let them go accordingly. So, I mean, I don't think you're going to say, well, we're going to cut this guy just because we can't, you know, we can't have him. He's a bad guy. Right, but it's it's – there, there's got to be some of that, I would think. I mean, some guys get cut because they get replaced by better players. Right. But at the same time, uh, some of it comes down to salary cap, right? So uh, let me see here. Rayshon Jenkins, 2024, cap hit $12 million bucks. Um, what Is, is that Antonio's spot next year? I think it is. You could save $5 bucks right yeah. there, right? I, so I that, think, that's a guy. I think that's a guy that uh, at some point will you'll commit to the – to the younger player in Antonio Johnson, who's had a heck of a year. Tony asked you on the break, who's the opening day left tackle uh, for 2024? And your answer is? Anton Harrison. You think they'll actually – that's what you would do, I know, but do you think the coaching staff will come around <laughs> to do that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, that, that's who my left tackle would that's be. That's how yours is, but who do you yeah. think it will be? I think it'll be Anton Harrison. I mean, that's what you, you draft – you used a first-round pick on a guy. Um, with a second-round pick already on the roster and a and a guy that is on the last year of his deal. Okay, so then you're bringing back Cam though to play right tackle. I know the I answer am, to this. Yeah, you I'm, are. I'm moving Cam to right tackle, and then I'm going to have Walker be my swing tackle for a year at least. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, in the yeah. last year of his deal, uh, Logs, or let Walker and Cam compete at right tackle. The uh, the 17th pick is on the clock. 
let's say the top three receivers are gone, mm-hmm. right? Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze. Uh, it could be Keon Coleman, okay. right, at Florida State, who was tremendous this year. He's 6'4". He can run. He can high point. You know, yep. he can do a lot of things. So, yep. you know, could be an – it may not be – you know, that Jamar Chase tier, but he could mm-hmm. be an NFL one. Certainly a guy at the top of your depth chart in okay. the NFL eventually. Uh, so you got that type of receiver potentially. Or you got some 325-pound mauler of a guy who's more likely than not to end up playing as a guard in the NFL, whether he was a tackle in college. Because there's always several of those guys. So you're right? saying he's Quentin Nelson. Um no, because then he wouldn't be on the board at 17, right? But a really a really know. good guard, a guard yeah. who maybe even the top guard on the board because they typically will go somewhere in the middle of the I wouldn't one. pick a guard in the first round. You wouldn't? Unless it's a Quentin Nelson, you know, literally a, a mindset-changing player. It's like it would be like drafting a, a fullback. In the in the first round, it, it'd have to be a super I, super. I'd got elite disagree guard. with that comparison. I mean, fullback's gonna impact you. How often guards out there every damn rep? And are, are haven't we yeah, talked no, about yeah, the, the protection for exaggerating Trevor? there a little bit? I know you, you are, know, but uh, for me, the the position doesn't hold the value. Man, <sighs> again, you, if it's uh, Quentin Nelson, all it's, until it's you one got of those one types. That, that can't b- get the job done. Um, what if it's a center? Then I'd take it. You take the center. I believe, over the, I believe the value is there at center. How much would you throw at Jason Kelsey to convince him his one-day retirement is foolish? Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he, of course, the six-time All-Pro uh, announced his retirement after the game last night. As I'd, the I'd Eagles pay him lost. well. I'd, I'd pay, pay him, him well very well, well. Right for one year. <laughs> for one year. Wait Damn right. right. We're still going to draft guys, but at least that way, if we take one in the third round. We can develop I, it. I would pay him very well. Um, what are your uh, Josh Allen resigning? Sure, right. Mm-hmm. But what what are your like personnel wise? What are the two or three areas that you want to see an impact player added at? Uh, for me, the you got to have a, a try to find a game changing wide receiver, which is that's always on the list. I mean, every year you can say that because it's it's a passing league. Do you, by the way, just to, to, not to interrupt, but I'm interrupting. <laughs> um, Calvin Ridley, how much credit do you give him for leading the league in defensive pass interference drawn? Give like him a lot of credit. Factoring in yeah, his I mean, value look, he, to this He's game. a great route runner. He's a great route runner. I give him a lot of credit. I mean, it's, look, uh, I, think he's a re- I think he's a good player. A good player. All right, I don't but think you, he's a great player. You want alpha wide receiver. Mm-hmm. What else? What else do they need? Uh, Two you, or three things. you gotta, you got to be a more physical team. And that leads to offensive line and defensive tackle, and you need backup edge players. What right about now. corner? Always need corners. Yeah, always need corners, so need, especially so need if corner, you're going to play more man. We need corner. We need edge. Well, that's, we that's need, the I'm NFL. Saying, we got a list, man. We that's got a the NFL. List. That's the way. And you know, and look, you, that's the beauty of free agency is that you can you can plug some holes in free agency and plug all of them in reality uh, at different levels, but then draft the best available player in the draft. The draft is the lifeblood of any franchise, and if you're drafting players based on, okay, well, you know what, we've got that position taken care of, then we're okay. Uh, no, no. Best the you draft the best damn player you can. What if you're another inside linebacker? How many of you those the you want to stack? The position doesn't have value. That's very much unless it's a Ray Lewis type. Again, if it's a Quentin Nelson type of guard, or if it's a Ray Lewis type at middle linebacker, to me those positions just don't hold the value. Gotcha. All right. Um, you know, I like to just. Challenge your sure. <laughs> answers a little bit. Sure. Um, a, a few more moments with Jeff Logman coming up, but let's say hello to his former teammate next. 
Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employed. All right, um, Sirs, you got uh, the 17th pick on the clock. You All got, right. You got a really good guard. I mean, he's not Quentin Nelson, like Locks is talking about, right? He's not a no guaranteed all pro. Right. Go ahead, but, yeah. but you got a good one. You, you got, they, there's a couple of those guys have been looking at mocks, 325 pounders. Maybe they played some tackle as well. Maybe they could play some right tackle for you down the line. But mm-hmm. you got a guy that you could plug and play on the offensive line. Or maybe you've got, let's say, the fourth ish wide receiver off the board. And that seems about reasonable. It's not going to be any higher than that. The top three will probably be gone. Maybe, maybe you get the third one. Do you want a top of the depth chart wide receiver, or do you want a, you know, a, a road grading interior <clears throat> offensive lineman? If you you're asking me that, are you serious? Uh, yes, I am. I want a road grading offensive <laughs> lineman. Absolutely. <laughs> I thought you might. Thought <laughs> you I know that's might. what I want. Absolutely. I want a swing guy that can play guard, maybe center, big and physical, nasty, gets after it. That's the kind of guy. And I, I think Logs agrees with you. If they can yeah. play center, it's a different story. Hey, here's, here's another question for Leon because I think this is right up your alley. Rank the positions on the offensive line in importance for me. Rank the position as far yeah. as importance go. Left tackle, center, left guard, right guard, right tackle. You see that? Okay. I mean, it, 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 I'm surprised you didn't put right tackle at two. I, I would well, put I'm right saying tackle right tackle, he put it Well, five. I mean, I was in a new, unique situation kind where of a left tackle. I was in a unique situation yeah. where my quarterback was left. You know, right. so I mean, but if if it's a normal depth chart, that's how it usually goes. Your left tackle is the most important. Your center is your quarterback. Your left guard is on that blind side. Your right guard is the greater, and then your right tackle. Essentially, to be quite honest with you, unless you got certain guys, is usually the weakest guy on the line. Yeah, but but see, it's interesting what Leon said because he put center at two. Yeah, I put, I, I, I I put center at three. Okay, you know, but I mean that goes to tell you that the value of that position. Yeah, is more important. Well, but he than also puts left guard at three. So yeah, well, you know? I mean, the center is like the middle linebacker. He sets the table for everybody. Blocks a guy on every play that can yeah, make a play. Absolutely, the smartest guy in the room. I'm, well, not always. Well, not always. We room. know that. <laughs> I'm not going to take a shot. We're going to do it. Sirs, <laughs> Logs would play Anton Harrison at left tackle, right now, uh-huh. and, and he actually thinks they'll come to real. Like they invested in in a first round pick that he's the future. Who do you think is the opening day left tackle for the Jags? Um, I think Cam. I, I, I think this organization. Well, I mean, if they want to save money, it could be Anton because he played left tackle Oklahoma. Right? L- Logs is not even talking about saving money. He wants to flip sides. He wants Cam on the right. He wants uh, Anton on the left. Uh, well, I mean, you know I mean, uh, I mean, the, it, moving Cam to right could probably prolong his career. To be quite honest with you, if you move Anton, I don't know if he'll and see it's gonna it gonna be that cheaper. Way. Yeah, of course it's not. Right, I, right and that's, but if he's all, but I mean, if, if, if the money's right, I mean, what's what's all the tackles make money now? They do. They all of them make. I hear you, but they average that. He's he's expressed in the past, and I get it. People mm-hmm. can say one thing and change your mind, but he's expressed. I'm a left tackle. Leon, that's what I am. Best position for Cam: left tackle, or right tackle. Best position for Cam. He's been injury prone at left. I mean, he he could get he could steal about three, four more years playing right. He could steal. I mean, I could have stole two, and I didn't. I could. I love that. All right. Uh, uh, Sirs, what do you have coming up today? Uh, just playoff ball. We, we got playoff ball to talk about. All right. We appreciate it. Always good to visit. You got good, it. Had the former teammates together uh, have a good show today. <laughs> All right, Logs. Um, man, there's a lot of things we could still uh, delve into, but uh, 
You think they'll get a – let me – final question. Yeah. Long-term deal with Josh Allen, franchise tag for Josh Allen. Uh, long-term deal. You think they'll get it done? I think so. Okay. There yeah. you go. Um, I, I think so. You know, look, uh, Josh loves the city, um, loves the organization, and uh, I think you're, you're not going to sit there and openly let everybody know that you would do a hometown discount, but I think at the end of the day you would like to because you love the city and you love this team. Uh, all right. Logs, uh, anything uh, – what the, what's the offseason looking like for you? Outdoor show. All right. And then in Saturday. the outdoors. Live uh, in the outdoors. Amen, Mike, brother. Tony, I mean, I'm going to live, it, live uh, a little we'll, bit. We'll have you pop back in after you get a chance to watch some film yeah. and everything. Yeah, just just but give me a holler. No, uh, no, unfortunately, no tape to check in um, the near future well, for the Jags. Anyway. You know, the one thing that I do, I, I, I watch certain games on film a little bit. Just because you, know, you see something during the game, you're like, you know what, i got to go back and watch that. Mm-hmm. So you go back and watch some of that and – and I'll do some of that, but you know now I'll start to watch some of the college prospects, prospects and, yeah. and all that stuff. And I enjoy football for what it is. It's the greatest game that there is in America right now. It's the NFL. All right, Logs, uh, enjoy the offseason. Thank you, boys. Sorry it came so soon for us. Uh, we Me all too. are. wish we were playing uh, for several more weeks. But hopefully, look, I- I'm still going to be an optimist and hope that the Jags make enough right moves that we're at least putting ourselves back in the postseason next year. And once you get there – See what happens. I, I, I hope so. And so uh, the last thing I ask of you guys, what's your picks? Give me, give me your picks. The Super oh. Bowl, and then who's going to win it? Um, I'll go San Fran, Buffalo. Interesting. So, and I'd probably, and, and if it goes that way, I'd pick San Fran. San Fran, yeah. Okay. San Fran, Baltimore, and I'll take the Ravens. Hmm. Okay. Chalky. Yeah. yeah. I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> what about you? I'm doing the same with Tony. Okay. I, I think the Ravens are right now are, are on a roll and they're deep. Um, they've got. So many different different strengths to their offense, their defense. They can play the game different ways. And again, that's my best, my favorite coach in the National Football League. And and I don't know John Harbaugh from nothing, but I'm a huge fan of his. The way that he runs that team, the way that organization is run, that is arguably the model franchise in the National Football League right now. All right, uh, Logs, that'll be the final word for now. Uh, appreciate all your service. And until the next time, uh, have a great offseason. Thank right. you, Mike. There Thank he you goes. Tony. Jeff Logman, Tony Smith, Dylan Denmark. I'm Mike Dempsey. Stick around. XL Primetime coming up next. Johnny O will join us in studio tomorrow for more Jaguars today here on 1010XL 92.5 FM.